1: Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas, man. And Merry Christmas tonight.
2: Merry Christmas, everyone.
1: Yay. <laughs> 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 I, miss you, I, miss you, I miss you, I
3: miss you, man, I miss you, I miss you, man, I miss you, I miss you.
1: Hello there, and Merry Christmas to all the I Miss You Maniacs out there listening tonight. How y'all doing? I should be listening at night, by the way. If you're not, wait until smart time. Hi, Dylan. Hey, <laughs> God, mate. I'm pretty... Today? <laughs> I'm pretty good. <laughs> My name's Lonnie, by the way. It's a Christmas special of I Miss You Man. It's just not um, Dylan and me today like it normally is. We're also joined today, tonight, by Sine. How are you doing, Sine?
2: It's me. Hi. I love Christmas. It's me. (laughs) Getting a Taylor Swift reference in first off the bat just for you guys.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, So (laughs) for the listeners, can you explain who you are?
2: I've been on the pod before. Like people will know. Mm -hmm. So so Lonnie and I. Do your research, listeners. (laughs) Um, I'm Lonnie's partner and i am currently in melbourne was studying and working and um what do i do i don't know i write and edit and watch lots of movies
1: yes and do you have another podcast with me
2: oh yeah we have another podcast
1: <laughs> Probably called my sp-
2: my sp- um, <laughs> i only like you <laughs> and movies where we do movie reviews every week or tv shows um and crucial to this podcast context I love Christmas.
1: Yeah, you're you're our, you're our Christmas expert. And you might remember last year, listeners and Dylan and Sinead, we did a Christmas special together. We looked back at some Shane Black films, which are pretty much all to do with Christmas. Um, and we worked out a sort of uh, uh, genre, Christmas genre sort of list. We've lost Sinead? No, we've been not have. Oh god, she's gone.
3: How dare you say that? Oh. <laughs> we today. had a good we had
1: a good two minutes.
3: <laughs> come back to us today.
1: What are you doing? We'll see if she I just pops know. back in.
3: She may oh. do. She may do.
1: Okay, cool. She's connecting. Don't worry. Nice the inspiration? How you doing?
2: Hello. <laughs> what happened?
1: Is it okay if you stay on the whole time? That was that. <laughs>
2: what happened. Clean food kicked me out and was like, "We have a connection problem." Oh, I didn't do anything. It's
1: all right. We're still recording, so that's okay.
2: Okay, good. Sorry. <laughs> oh god. It's okay. What a mess.
1: Um, before that brief interruption, I was just saying that last year we did um, Shane Black films together as a as a throuple, <laughs> a unit. No, I can't <laughs> I don't say oh, that.
3: Sounds better.
1: <laughs> I was I was trying to find a different word from threesome, but I couldn't. <laughs> So you said it along really with Excellent. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Truffles better, right? Well, just let's, let's not get into that. I'm um,
2: gonna say as a trio.
1: Trio, triad. Oh, that's good too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, now we spoke about Christmas films and their recurring plot elements, to sort of work out a genre, which um, I think we can apply it today um, when we look at these films. Now, do you have strong opinions about Christmas films tonight? Yes. Okay, that's good. I hope we'll <laughs> hold on to them because they're going to come up and be a pretty important soon. Um, Dylan, we don't okay. just do Christmas specials, do we? What do we normally do on I Miss You Man.
3: Well, normally we take each other on a journey that could be about anything, Ronnie, life,
1: pop culture, everything in between. You may have noticed, listeners, that the title of today's episode, looking at the quintessential Christmas grump. We're going into Whoville, I'm going to say hello to a little guy I like to call Mr. Grinch. We've watched the three classic adaptations of Dr. Seuss's famous book. There's the 1966 TV special, uh, Chuck Jones was the main animator behind that, one of the great um, Warner Brothers guys, um, it starred Boris Karloff. The 2000 live-action feature film um, directed by Ronald Howard and starring James Kerry, who's also <laughs> On our viewing list this week, and then the most recent three uh, D computer animated feature film from Illumination Studios uh, was released in twenty eighteen, directed by Scott Mosier and Yaro Cheney, starring Ben Cumberbatch. Now, from hey, listen, from what we both Why are you said, doing this? from what you both said, Pod, I'm not sure we're going to agree on how to rank these films, but I think we should try and get a definitive oh. ranking of. One, two, three, here. Um, oh, so, Nave, you've been talking shit behind the scenes too.
2: I actually haven't. I don't know why I was lumped in with you with that comment. Oh, I take issue.
1: <laughs> Maybe it was more me trying to antagonise you, I actually, now I think about it.
2: <laughs> I think so.
1: <laughs> um, okay. Another thing I should mention up top, these are not the only three. There have been a few other TV specials with the Grinch in them that were sort of less successful. There was a musical... Um, on Broadway, but also it was filmed and put on TV a couple of years ago. Um, There's also, fairly recently, there's been a horror film called The Mean One, um, starring a Grinch character, apparently really bad. We're not going to worry about those, we're going to worry about the three main ones. Um, Before we get stuck into everything, Dylan, I was hoping you could just remind us all um, what the whole Grinch tale is. What's his deal? Who is he? What's, What's going on?
3: Well, he's basically just like uh, just a just a mean little piece of shit, isn't he? Really? <laughs> oh. You could say that. I guess. <laughs> a, dirty, a dirty little character that just hates Christmas. He's a bit of a grub as well, mm. to varying degrees, especially in the Jim Carrey one. Mm. He is he is just a trash bag, basically walking mm-hmm. trash bag in that. But it's about a man that has a heart that's just full of hate. And especially for Christmas time, the Christmas season. Mm. It's about him learning the true meaning of Christmas, and you know what? Figuring out Christmas actually ain't that bad. It's actually pretty cool. At the end of the day,
1: that that's a good summation, Dylan. Um, it's funny that he he finds the true meaning after stealing Christmas originally, which is it's always fun to see. Well, he think he thinks he did want but mm, did he? I know, and that's something we we spoke about last year in terms of Christmas films. As I recall, we mentioned that finding the true meaning or the true spirit of Christmas is a kind of quintessential element of the Christmas film. Very much at the forefront here, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, So, Nate, so you're a resident Christmas expert. Could you wager why The Grinch resonates with audiences and why we've had so many adaptations of this story?
2: I think because he's a stand-in for adulthood Mm
4: -hmm.
2: this is my theory my working theory Mm -hmm. i think he represents the jaded adult who's had hard life looking back at other people being happy and being jealous of that you know Mm -hmm. and i think what you just said about the meaning of christmas not being about the presents and not being about all the trimmings that we associate with it but about being together and showing love and appreciation for each other as the true meaning and it's a really nice sort of reminder i think for people during the christmas period
1: i think that's true i watched um some some documentary some side special features about the grinch and a few people said things like you know we've all got a bit of grinch in us but i think we've also also all got a bit of who in us as well and i think these these story can lets us do both so You watch the start of it and you can uh, see him being annoyed by carolers and you can sort of agree with what he's saying but they're just obsessed with presents but actually that's not what Christmas is supposed to be about. But then you can also come around and when he works out what's going on, his heart does grow three sizes bigger because he's found out what Christmas is all about. You can enjoy that as well. So you sort of get it both ways in this story, I think.
2: I just have to correct you. His heart's two sizes too small.
1: Yeah, but it grows three sizes.
2: How can it go three sizes? If it's two
1: size sizes that, to. To. That, that this has happened in the film. I've had, it's one of my notes. It's like now his heart's a size too big. It's why, it's why it oh breaks. God, really? the Have I just in the completely... in one, Sine.
2: Yeah, great. Did okay. you watch
1: these actually today, just... or did you? You just try and get through way <laughs> <your> of <did>. memories?
2: <laughs> no, I watched them all. I just feel like. I've lost all credibility just in the first, you know, 30 seconds of the pod, so that's fine. I'm just right. going to shut up. <laughs>
1: it's good. Um, I thought we should declare our allegiances um, and our biases before we get Ooh. too into it. Well, what's our personal Grinch story? Dylan, did you grow up loving the Jim Carrey version because it came out when we were kids?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Of course I did. And I, I love Jim Carrey too.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I feel like... If you're going to enjoy that one, you really have to have a good tolerance for Jim Carrey because it's it's mm. really him at his most unhinged, yeah. to be honest. And, and I'm fine with him at that, so I love
1: okay. it personally. Okay. Um, what about the other, like the original, the book, or the other versions? Here, were there any, any sort of huge connection to them?
3: No, I'd never seen the the original 1960s one, and I only just watched this this newer one, this 2018 one. Uh, Yesterday, actually, yeah. Okay,
1: right. For the first time. Well, okay. Um, Sine, I know you quite like the newer Cumberbatch version, but you have a soft spot for Jim as well?
2: Yeah. I mean, that was the only Grinch that we had, sort of our generation, <laughs> apart from the original. But, like, it wasn't very accessible or... No. I don't even know if I knew that there was an original... I knew this, there was an original story, obviously, by Dr. Seuss, but I didn't know that... Um, yeah, this original TV thing existed. So the Jim Carrey one was all all we had. It was all we had way back when.
1: <laughs> I, I think that 1960s version is played every year in America on their TV, but I can't remember it ever America. happening down here. So maybe at some no. point, but not in our childhood. No. And especially when the Jim Carrey version came about, that was what we would have.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I feel like the Jim Carrey version was shown on TV a lot around Christmas. Like, you know how they play, like, four Christmas films that Channel 7 had the rights to or whatever, and it was always Home Alone, <laughs> The Grinch. Do you know what I mean? Love oh, Actually. Yeah.
1: It's, it's coming yeah. up soon on TV, I'm sure. And this film, this episode's Three coming out. coming out streaming days. Oh, yeah. This episode will be out a few days before Christmas, so it's going to be on TV already at some point in your life, listening to this point mm-hmm. as it comes out. Uh, personally, I watched the 2001 a lot as a kid. Like, I remember it being on TV, as you said a lot. I think it also. Um, was played a lot at school, like in the last few weeks. People wrapping up, mm-hmm. you know, Chuck on the Grinch, mm. you know, f- for the Friday afternoon sort of thing. Um, and so that was my Grinch. I, I think, I think I just accepted it as a child, but my my <laughs> thoughts have developed. Let me say, <laughs> and I'm gonna say up top, I love the 2018 version. I think it's great. So that's where I'm come from.
3: Interesting. Interesting. Um,
1: and as, as you both said, first time I've ever seen the um, 1966 um, version. Um, yeah, not a huge thing down here, but I use that that gif of the Grinch smiling his evil smile a lot. So, gotta pay some really respects don't. there. You love it. I do it a lot. I don't do what it to you, Snake. Because oh, I respect you. I, I don't do it to you, but I send out other people. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, you don't respect Dylan at all?
1: Well, I'm not being cheeky. Oh, no, definitely you know, not. To anyone else, apart from Dylan. So. <laughs> Questioning him. Oh, he's always I... cheeky, love star on that Jiffman. <laughs> Sometimes it's end up work as well, depending on the context, <laughs> the person. <laughs> um, and Doctor Zeus. Just in general, you guys big fans? Big childhood thing, or just sort of known about? Dylan, what do you reckon?
3: No, I mean there's a couple of classics. You know, like Green Eggs and Ham. Obviously, mm. it's like one of the masterpieces of our time. I actually never read The Grinch, the book. I remember Cat in the Hat" as well. Mm. I think "Hop on Pop"
1: as well. Yeah, yeah he's got I a think fair that's few. Pretty
3: much it. Mm. Oh, he's got a couple. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Sinead, what about you? Was it a classic in your on your bookshelf?
2: Like, not really. Like, I mm. had a I had one Dr. Seuss book that I can't even remember what it was. Um, Doctor, Doctor, and Nurse Swan isn't Dr. Seuss, is it? I'm not sure. One moment.
1: Um, as, you, as you say, do anything's that. possible, to be honest.
2: <laughs> no, it's not.
1: <laughs> okay. Not that one. Sure.
2: So I think I had probably Cat in the Hat or something, but I didn't love it. No. I don't know. I, I genuinely didn't warm to Dr. Seuss as a child and didn't really... like. There was that weird Cat in the Hat movie that I just skipped by because that looked oddly bad and creepy. <laughs>
3: Oh, no, the Mike Myers one. Yes. Do you oh, it's like amazing. It? How dare you? Oh, it's it's
1: fantastic. <laughs> I it's think, so good. So now you just signed yourself from yet another episode watching the cat in the hat. Class.
2: Oh no, I really don't want to watch it. <laughs>
1: um, it's horrible.
3: It really is, but it's a it's amazing.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it either, but I'm a D C, eh? but I might might come around. Who knows? Um <laughs> I don't remember having more of the, the kids' books that Green Egg and Hair. maybe they're around, maybe they weren't, but I remember having the Lorax and reading that, I and mean, it's quite adult, actually, mm. so that was a really good one, and I think the movie, I haven't seen the movie, but the book itself was, was terrific. Um, anyway, The Grinch. I thought we should do this logically, and maybe chronologically, in fact. Um, just a few questions about the world of Whoville before we get started on the actual adaptations and if you have any questions as well we can please ask them firstly open question anybody what is whoville how, how is it a town what does everyone do for work <laughs> what do they do outside christmas time what's the economy like what, what's what's the deal okay what's happening there you're asking a lot of questions at once okay answer <laughs> them point by point please <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, it depends on the version, I guess. Because in the Jim Carrey version, it's on a uh, It's like a snow on a snowflake, isn't
1: mm. it? Yeah.
3: Which I don't like. That's dumb. Like, how does time work, in that sense? <laughs> Very weird. Because
1: <laughs> it's magic or something. Yeah.
3: Yeah, like, are they living like a thousand lifetimes in like one drop of a snowflake? It's it's madness. I don't like that. Anyway. The rest of them, it's just like a little Christmas village, mate. Okay. You know, self-sustaining economy in okay. there. What's the issue with that? That's I mean...
2: where I lean too, yeah. There's a, there's a Christmas town in Salzburg where it's Christmas 365 days of the year. I'm sure those people are making a living and their economy is doing fine. Mm. I think it's a cross between like a working town, like one mm. of those towns where everyone moves and they all work on the one thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Is that what they're called? Mm. Working towns? If yeah. you
1: listen to our episode cross on Twin Cities, you would know that, but yes.
2: Okay, sorry. <laughs> Um, so there's a cross between that and like the Christmas a Christmas city where it's Christmas all the time. I yeah. think when it's not Christmas they're just prepping for Christmas.
1: Well, I, w- I watched the movies mm. closely. They they mention other holidays in the Ron Howard version. I think Easter gets mentioned. Um, and the twenty eighteen version they sing Christmas carols and that mention Christ in particular, so that would assume we've got Easter and mm. you know, the rest of the Christian calendar sort of going on. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. So, God's canon in the Grinch universe. Well, and you know. also potentially Santa is too. I think we see Santa. Oh, he one definitely of them. is. Yeah. yeah,
3: makes a couple of appearances. Yeah, Yeah,
1: so that's cool. Um, and Cindy's mum in the 2018 version. She works a night shift at what seems to be a hospital, as well. So that's cool.
2: Her full name is Cindy Lou. How dare you show her disrespect?
1: <laughs> my, my apologies. <laughs> and her dad is a postie in the 2000 movie So, and there's a mayor as well So there's like some sort of government in that version Yeah and I guess we are just seeing it in like the week before Christmas So, you know, that's the, maybe not what it's like all the time But I'm just kind of like, what are we doing here? We're all just like little village It's okay, I guess It's allowed <laughs> Anyway Yeah, it is a little village <laughs> You're so rude They're just <laughs> living their lives, mate <laughs> Okay, 1966, we've got the classic uh, TV special, 24 minutes of The Grinch. Um, What do we think? Sanae? can you please give us your thoughts first up?
2: Overall thought?
1: Mm. Creepy. Really? (laughs) Okay. Well, why is this?
2: The animation is so creepy. The smile is terrifying he gives the creepiest smile he's selling the presents from the twins where it like comes up past his eyebrows and that just disturbed me on like a deep emotional nightmare level really not really a fan of it at all um it was very confusing the narrator is the same actor as the voice of the grinch (laughs) so it was difficult to distinguish narration from dialogue at certain points um and it's, mo- it's mostly voiceover of the original story. Like a lot of it's narration with pictures, you know, or some musical interludes. Um, two things I wanted to point out. There's a line in this that says Cindy Lou Who, Who Was No More Than Two,
4: hmm. yeah.
2: which is interesting to me because Cindy Lou in the Jim Carrey version is, what, at least five, six, seven? See, six
1: or seven. Ten, they made her up. up for sure.
2: She's yeah. like 12. And. Evening. Really?
1: <laughs> she's younger than oh, I thought. Come
2: on, yeah, she, She's
1: tall. <laughs> that's the hair dealer. Huh? That's <laughs> just the tall. hair
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's still white.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, so you know? They've they've um, changed that for sure.
2: Yeah, and in the Benedict one, she's a little bit older than two, but not much. She's mm. maybe a little bit younger than the Jim Carrey version, around four or five, I'd say. So I just thought that was interesting that they've decided to um branch out from that the other point i want to make is that it sets up some really nice visual references that both of the other films have little callbacks to Mm. like the um vertical hanging of the fabric when he's cutting out the santa costume Mm
4: -hmm. that's
2: Mm. referenced in both versions the little winding table at the end they make real in the jim carrey version Mm. which i think is interesting that i didn't know that those things were little nods to the original oh and the single reindeer as well for max like that was only
4: <laughs> yeah that was
2: established there so that was really cool kind of seeing the um i don't know historical precedent being set for some of those visual things
1: yeah it's interesting you say that like it is very much sort of a tussle between just reading the original story and mm. animating what's on the page of the story but then also adding a bit more to sort of pad out to get the 24 minutes because it's like a half-hour Christmas special. And so mm-hmm. there are some things where it is just like the Grinch walking around talking to himself, which is cool, but not particularly imaginative. But then there's a lot of other parts for that really, they do have some cool transitions. Um, when he's thinking about like annoying noises and stuff, they've got some cool things going into his brain. There's um, some really nice touches like when the waiters come out um, onto the table and like successive waiters come out the smaller versions mm-hmm. under the galoshes. That, that was that was really cool. I thought um, it's a very Doctor Seuss thing. Yeah, definitely. So so that was cool. So it's kind of a, a, yeah, tussle between what's just the, the straight up story, but also some interesting sort of splashes of imagination all around. Dylan, thoughts, feelings?
3: Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's just very it's streamlined really. It's just mm. pure Ritchie goodness.
1: They rip through the story,
3: did not they? He's, oh, they zoom through. They zoom through. He doesn't really have a backstory in that one. He just hates Christmas. And then 20 minutes later, he doesn't.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> and that, that's the other, other films, because they're longer, they, they do sort of delve into him deep, more deeply as a character, to, I think to pat the time, but also mm-hmm. to you know, be, be a bit more sophisticated. But it kind of shows in this one. It's like, yeah, he's a bad guy. He's called the Grinch. He hates Christmas. Don't even worry about it. don't need to. <laughs>
3: Yeah, get on board.
1: Yeah, um, one thing I like about this, all the stories, is how much Max loves Christmas, but he goes along with all the plans just because he loves the Grinch as well. <laughs> like classic yeah. dog, loves his master, doesn't he? He's
3: yeah. so Man's sweet. Friend, mate.
1: <laughs> um, what what do we think of the Grinch slithering around on the floor like a snake?
2: No, that's what I think of it. No.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Did not like that. It's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, come wow. on, Dylan. You've just being been silly. Sneaky. No, he's, he's been, been sort sl- creepy, actually.
2: <laughs> Do you agree? It was it's creepy. The animation, like the drawing of him in when that version version is. When he's standby.
1: going around the floor is. I think I think it's funny reading a bit about it, they it's like animated, but it's kind of half animated in some ways because it's kind mm. of, it's more like it's a stationary object and some things animated around the character, not not full animated. If that Makes sense. I'm not really huge on animation history and skills, but maybe that's how it's like a little bit uncanny valley, perhaps in that respect Is that we're getting at today, or yeah, just just in general that's creepy. Okay. I
2: don't know. I think general creepy. As we've established before, I think I have a weird thing with smiles or mouth mouth stuff. Doesn't mm. <laughs> it gets me uncomfortable?
1: Right. Well, one clever thing I thought was when the Grinch is, he's taken all the presents and decorations away and he plays like snooker or a pool with the baubles. It was a nice little touch, I mm-hmm. thought. Yeah, I did like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool.
2: But there was also the winding up of the toys as they marched into the sack. Did you like that yeah. one too? Like <laughs> the wind up little toys?
1: Yeah. Um, well, we didn't mention the songs either. Um, I'm not the first one to say it. But the, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. That's the original diss track, isn't it? It's just... <laughs> it's just two straight minutes of character assassination. No versal chorus. Just tearing just shreds off the man. I don't,
3: know, I don't know if it is a diss track. I think he revels in it. I think he loves it. Oh, you at mean? that point in his life.
1: Well, I think in the Jim Carrey version, he sings about himself, doesn't he? So that's... Yeah. That's different. <laughs> good song though.
3: oh yeah it's great it's Tell yeah. you what i didn't like oh mm. well, he says he's been putting up with this for
1: 53 years mm.
3: how mm. old is he
1: he's in his 50s he, he's That's at least point, 53 though. if he
3: hated christmas coming out the womb he's at least 53 <laughs> years old
1: well how old do you think he's <laughs> supposed to be i
2: don't know i thought he's supposed to be like
3: 30 or something 30 or 40
1: Same. yeah mm.
3: mm-hmm. well yeah I don't like it he's like a creepy old man mm.
1: <laughs> well I can give you some more background about that because so, I think you guys both watch this on on streaming. I'm dedicated. I'm committed. I went and bought the DVD um, because I happened to see it at the shops but I listened to some <laughs> of the special features um, and there was audio commentary by the voice of, of Cindy Um, Judy, someone. Um. So you're not
3: that dedicated to know the name.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's a classic. She did lots of uh, great animated voices over the years, especially WB stuff. Um, And there's one of the actual original animators as well. Um, Look, commentary, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say rush out and go see it, go listen to it. It was just kind of naming the animators who worked on each scene. Um,
4: It was a bit (laughs) awkward
1: because the lady, she was very old. She's doing this on like the, at least the 2000s. So it's like 40 years or so before when she did the voice. And she hadn't seen it for a long time. And so she like keeps asking what's going to happen next. And she's like watching. It's about 10 minutes in. She's like, how does he become good again? <laughs> like, just watch it. It's coming up, lady. Um, anyway. I did also watch a little doco that was made um, about this. And some facts about... Um, Doctor Zeus, or Ted Geisel, as he was in real life. First of all, he was voted the least likely to succeed by his college class. Why would they even have such a vote? Why is that a category? Yeah, it was pretty mean, isn't it? American
2: colleges are weird. Yeah,
1: I guess it. Maybe it's like affectionately done, but you got to think it's not. Um, <laughs> and he he also worked with um, Chuck Jones, who's the WB animator. Um, during the war, they did little cartoons for the soldiers together. So that's cool. And they sort of knew each other from that, <laughs> and then eventually they worked on this together. Um, you'll be interested, Dylan, that Paul Dini was interviewed in the documentary. Okay, nice. Why? I don't know. I guess he was around. <laughs> and I'm Talking about the history I mean, animation.
3: a name in WB animation at the time, I guess. Sure. I guess so, yeah.
1: yeah. He's a, one of the Batman animators, for your reference. Um and Tim Burton was also there. We have Sam and Chat about it, how much he loved it as a kid, the sixties version. Um,
3: he he would. He would Yeah. I
1: didn't it didn't really pick that up, but it doesn't make sense he's inspired by Doctor a lot of his artwork and his art design and his films. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. They had a bunch of kids there watching it as well and talking about Doctor Ze and stuff, which was just weird. I don't really know why they were there. They're all like kid actors. But one of them was Manny from Modern Family. So weird. <laughs> he's there like he's like five or six, he like, loves Dr. Zeus apparently. that's cool. Anyway, the important thing oh, I was going to mention was that Dr. Zeus himself lived on the top of a hill overlooking a local town. So a lot of people were saying that the Grinch character sort of perhaps came from himself. Not that he was a Grinch the whole time, but maybe he had those feelings that we all have from time to time about how you know, Christmas is crazy time and get annoying. So, you know, potentially he looked down at the town below his his house, and was like, yeah, getting annoyed. And, supposedly, he was 53 when he started writing the book. So, maybe that explains why that line's in there. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Bad line. I don't like it.
1: You don't like it? <laughs> okay. Um, no,
3: I don't like Grinch being that old. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't what to tell you.
1: Okay. Um, he wrote it quite quickly apparently and you sort of like draw a thousand pages to get down to 60, which I guess makes sense, but it seems like <laughs> a lot, hey? Um, but you will say, it was weird, They said he wrote it really quickly but then it took forever to get the ending right. I guess that's kind of fair enough to create a process, but still. Um, Alright, yeah, that's
3: a pretty logical conclusion, isn't it? <laughs> and he likes Christmas at the end. Well, it's so fucking hard, Dr. Cease. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I mean,
1: I guess maybe it was a journey to get there, Dylan. That's all. Um,
3: Yes, I suppose.
1: So, over in America, this is pretty much universally loved. You know, everyone loves it. I think it's because it was shown on TV every year and they've grown up with it. And, you know, when you watch something as a kid, you you love it and then you keep that with you your whole life. Um, I've got a quote here that I might put to you both, if that's okay. It's from Tim Brayton from Alternate Ending. He reviewed this back in 2018, and it seems like a lot of people went back and reviewed the original versions when the new version came out, the comeback version. He said, It's one of the greatest of all Christmas stories, told in an audio-visual medium, filling its 26 minutes with exactly the correct amount of warm and fuzzy sentiment, wry cynicism to keep said sentiment in check, and simple, fabulistic morality about community and anti-materialism. Thoughts, sonate hmm. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. I think that's what I was trying to say, just a bit more eloquently. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there you go. Well, I guess he's not—he's had time to think about it and write it down, not just been
2: that's true on a yeah. podcast.
1: Um, he says something as well, which I'll mention, it kind of links back to what you said about the voices, Simeon. He um, talks mm. about the story and the lines from the original book being there. Quote, most of them recited in the impeccable tones of Boris Karloff, who narrates the story and voices the Grinch himself with the snide snarl that distinguishes the two roles just enough without sacrificing the natural mm-hmm. warmth of his voice. It sounds exactly like what it is. Having a friendly storyteller read a bedtime story and kindly giving in to a child's exor- exoration to do the voices. so do you agree?
2: I, the last bit I agree with, yes. Because yeah. it's not distinct enough yeah. to not be him, if that makes sense. Sure. Like if your dad's putting on a silly voice as he's reading a book, it's still your dad, you know? Yeah. So, although I don't, I don't know if my dad ever read to me am i getting deep into some childhood drawing (laughs) (laughs) anyway yes i there wasn't enough distinction for me Mm. i had to really focus on oh okay we're in story world this is diegetic -diegetic, non-diegetic etc
1: yeah fair enough yeah um yeah overall pretty good i'm glad i watched it to sort of you know because everyone's seen it but Mm. and that review was really great i'm i'll put it in the show notes so get amongst that if you're into into that um particular version
2: are we ranking it now or are we waiting to the end
1: i think at the end because it's going to take a while the next one so
2: okay all right
1: i've got a lot of notes a lot of notes coming up (laughs) yeah a lot of reviews listen
2: i know your issue i know what your issue is going to be so we're going to talk about the jim carrey one yeah
1: jim carrey yes
2: Am I correct in saying your issue is the hypersexualization? It's weirdly sexual.
1: Um, that's not my, my top issue, to be honest. But that is an element that is really? very odd. My my, my biggest is issue, odd. if I can get on my <laughs> sidebox early, everybody.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Why is it so cold and grey? Why is it shot the way it is? Why is it like blurry <laughs> and dark the whole time? It's supposed to be a warm, and inviting movie. But it's not.
3: it's the yeah. 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, it does have that look of constant smog enveloping every scene. I'll, I'll grant you that. It's terrible. But it's, it's still good. Oh, come on. Come off it.
1: I think that has really coloured my view of the whole film. It's just so ugly and and off-putting. However, however, folks, I watched it with an open mind, apart from that, this time, and it's very odd... As you said, Sine, very sexualized for a for a kid's film. Um, and the Jim Carrey thing is very weird as well. But I think I liked it overall. <laughs> After all that. Oh, <laughs> Dylan, what are your thoughts on it?
3: Yeah, so what's, what's the sexual part that you're talking about? Is it that there was a, just straight up a kitty party at one point? Is that what we're talking about?
2: I mean, that, and then there's also, like, um, the whole love interest and the whole way that that character uh, is drawn and the clothing that she wears and why she's so breathy and why he falls with his face in her chest. And, like, it's a uh, bit yeah, much yeah. for That's a kid's right. film.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, fair point,
1: fair point. It's it's pretty funny when he's down in the village talking to everybody and every time he does something naughty, she gets more and more turned on. It's Martha May. Mm-hmm. Everyone likes a bad boy, I guess, but yeah. It's also um, the Christmas light machine she has where she, like, the cannon. That's very sexual. The things that
2: dreams are made of, though.
1: Oh, okay. No, seriously. Are you
2: you telling me you wouldn't want a cannon that can just hang Christmas lights like that? Like, imagine, that'd be so simple.
1: I mean, yeah, the way that she straddles it and it's like a massive penis. Yeah, that's what I was getting at, (laughs)
2: To be clear, I wasn't oh, oh, <laughs> talking about that. Okay. <laughs> it was more the practicality of the ease of hanging the lights.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get that for sure. Um, what do we think about the motivation they give the Grinch in this film? Um, it's very, very funny to me that they they keep a line in from original story. And it's narrated by Anthony Hopkins, which I don't think particularly works, but it's fine, I guess. okay. Hey. Oh, I don't think it works the best. I don't mm. think it's amazing, uh-huh. actually. Mm. Well, anyway, um, they, they they keep <laughs> the line
3: prob- in. Oh, excuse <laughs> you, excuse you. <laughs> What's your problem with Anthony Hopkins narrating? I One know. of the greatest
1: actors of all time. It just doesn't quite work for me. I, I don't think of his voice when I think of Doctor Zeus and the narration. It, it's it's okay. But you think of Pharrell Williams? Is that who you think of? I mean, no, but that works for that film. Personally,
3: oh, come off it. Okay, we'll get to that anyway. Keep going.
1: Um, the one they keep in was you know, he hates Christmas and no one quite knows the reason, but then they show you the reason like straight away. <laughs> yeah, we, we know <laughs> the reason. Yeah, he got, he got bullied, he got bullied, but also it's kind of seemed like he was a bit off from the beginning. Um, and I Go, Sonny.
2: take Umbridge with that a little bit because he's a narrator and for something like it's a traumatic childhood memory that this Grinch had happened where he got rejected around Christmas time and mm. got made fun of and bullied and retreated into himself that kind of event might only be known by the Grinch and the people who were there at the time do you know what I mean like maybe the narrator isn't privy to that information and then at that moment we're going mm. sort of inside the Grinch's psyche to reveal some backstory about his oh, yeah. character
1: sure that makes sense it's just, it's funny that yeah maybe it's a bit of dramatic irony there for the narrator it's odd for the film yes. though, right
2: it is odd yes i get what you're saying but mm. i'm just trying to offer you an alternate you know no, interpretation no, no. maybe fair enough
1: um, so the thing is he's a kid he loves the girl she loves him he's going to give her a present he gets made fun of for having a beard and so he tries to shave it off but then He makes some mistakes when he's doing that and he gets made fun of the next day for having sort of cuts on his face and then he runs away. Right. Look, I look closely. I don't think he had a beard when he was a kid. No, he didn't. He did. He had big sideburns, right? Yeah. No, no,
3: good day. How does that
1: work? Unless it was supposed to be kids just didn't know what a beard was.
3: Still. Yeah, maybe they're just getting in his head. Yeah, that's why he he cut cut himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly, hmm. exactly.
1: Anyway, it's weird that like he's being raised by what what the film tries to say the sisters, right? But actually, it's a lesbian couple, right? Surely.
3: Oh, I was gonna. I yeah. I, I just assumed it's a lesbian couple. they no sisters, really. No. I
1: think they're called sisters in some of the some of some some places online, but I don't know. They've got to be a lesbian couple, right? That's that's, a, that's a rule. that's rule. percent. Yeah. <laughs> um. But when he, when he runs away, do they never go and try and find him? <laughs> try and no. help? No. Hey, you all right? Are all right? It would have been nice if they had a scene of them trying to go see him and he tells them to go away. Because then kind of see, he's getting rejected and he gets left out there as well. But I guess he left. He ran away.
3: He, he chose to leave, mate. You know, they respected his decision.
1: That's true. Dylan, you sound a bit reworking now as well. What's the go? Nah, I'm off it. No.
2: He does a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no. Come Sorry, Dylan. No
3: you do. Way. You sound all okay right now. Just chilling. No. Okay. Okay. All just, right. just watch yourself, no. right? right? You know what? Stop talking shit, or you'll get hit, as they say.
1: <laughs> he said robotically.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, piss off. <laughs> um. Now, the thing on this film, what I don't think is um, in the original version or the story, is that the the mountain that the Grinch lives on is actually the dump as well. What do you think of that, Sinead? <laughs> is that an interesting choice?
0: Uh,
2: to be honest, I haven't paid it much mind. Okay. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just the visual thing they're going for. He eats onions. He smells. He's like a recluse. <laughs> mm. And I don't know. Maybe there's some lore about like the Loch Ness monster in ponds maybe there's some lore about some being in a dump.
1: Well, what maybe I you're
2: like it too much credit.
1: Well, What I like about it is the idea, fan theory that you know, he lives in the in the junk dump area and he sort of makes his life based on what they've thrown out and that perhaps he found Max who was thrown out by somebody and that's oh. why he brings Max into his life even though he wouldn't be someone who normally would get a dog. He raises the dog because he found him there. And that's why he hates the humans even more, because all the hooven. The hoovens? The humans?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I like that.
1: Thank you. Because they were throwing out a puppy. But who knows, that's just a fan theory. What I do like about it, though, is the sort of... This film has a bit of a political edge to it, because they're saying, you know, that's a stupid consumerist society. They're obsessed with Christmas, but they're obsessed with the wrong parts of it and they throw away their gifts as soon as Christmas is over, but then he's got nothing. But when he makes something out of nothing, he actually takes the things they've thrown away and builds a kind of, you know, not the happiest life, but he gets by. So I think that's a bit of a, an edge to this, this film, which I perhaps didn't appreciate because I was just obsessed about the visuals last time I watched it. Dylan, do you have a thought on that?
3: Well, I had the exact same thing in my notes. I love that they changed the story that the heres made to land as a as well as him. It's great.
0: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC.
3: Everyone's learning lessons around Newville. It's fantastic.
1: It's a great point, but you're so robotic. I can't take you
3: seriously. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> come off it. You
3: are lying.
1: Do you mind if I pause the recording and then get you back in?
3: Just yeah, let's pause. Oh goodness me. We're
1: you. oh. recording again. Sorry, Dylan. You were saying something great about the movie and the consumerist society.
3: I was just saying that I loved that everyone needed to learn a lesson, not just the Grinch, but
1: mm. the who's Who Whoville as well. Mm. I think it makes the film maybe a little bit unstable, and I think some—I think Roger said that in his review as well, where it's like you got the Grinch who hates Christmas and then there's society who's really mean. So they're kind of both bad. And that's a fair enough way you, you phrase it there. They both need to learn a lesson. I like that. But normally you'd have the villain or the, the bad person, which is the Grinch in the story, be contrasted by people who are good and they sort of have to come, he has to learn a lesson from them. So I think the film gets a little bit weird at some points because I think you're supposed to be, you want the Grinch to be better, right? But then they're being so mean to him, you're like, you can kind of see why he is bad. So it's like, who whose side am I on? You're all awful. We, we, we don't
3: live in a black and white world, Lonnie. It's shades of grey. No, and that's that, what this is. The Grinch is. makes some points,
1: but he's also wrong on some points, you know? That's true. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm always happy to see Molly Shannon. So when she turned up, I was loving it as Cindy Cindy Lou's mum. I think being the cheermeister, the holiday cheermeister, would have been the most horrible thing to ever happen to somebody. <laughs> How dare you?
2: Why? Well, it's fun.
1: You, you get voted in against your will, starters. Um, <laughs> you, You're you thrown through. you got to eat it. You gotta do the conga around the village. It just seems like a terrible reward for being cheerful. I don't like I don't like the town mob in this this film. They reminded me of the Simpsons, Mommy, think, but go on, go on.
2: <laughs> I think I think you don't like forced participation in things. And this just <laughs> exemplifies it. Like against your will, getting dragged in to do something that you really don't want to do. Mm.
1: Yeah. I think
2: maybe that's some childhood drama going on.
1: Maybe. It's possibly. Oh, no. Lornie. <laughs> We've all got stuff coming up tonight, Dylan. Um, <laughs> just just work out what your trauma is we can talk about later as well, if you like. <laughs> um, I us say this this town mob is like the Simpsons where like, they're easily swayed and excited and scared by every little thing that happens. And mm. they're all waiting for like the main characters to talk, and then they just go, <gasps> ooh, after everything. <laughs> Which is pretty fun, I guess, for a kids movie. Yeah. Um, Now, this this film, it goes for like an hour and 40, and it takes us an hour to get to the actual stealing of Christmas. Do you think there was some padding involved? I mean, obviously, yeah. From a 25-minute movie to
3: an hour 44, yeah, there's some padding. Do you you think it was good
1: padding, Dylan?
3: Uh, Yes and no. Mm -hmm. Like that Cindy Lou song, oh, that kid... They needed to t- have her take some singing lessons because she was <laughs> bad. She was real bad. She was off-key, that whole song.
1: <laughs> well, I had, I had a question about that for you, Sinead. How much of your childhood mm-hmm. spent in your room singing songs to Christmas trees?
2: Very little, bar oh. uh, none, pro- like none probably.
1: All right. Do you think you could have sung it better than Taylor Momsen? Are you Bonson? expecting more? Well, <laughs> I know you love Christmas. Maybe you would have it a few tunes here and there.
2: I don't know. Kids' voices are developing. I try not to be too harsh on their, you know, oh, quality. Shit. They're just there to have oh, a good shit. time. <laughs> it's
1: garbage. She was <laughs> <laughs> terrible. It's funny seeing her. So, she so got an introducing credit in the opening credits, which is always fun. Mm-hmm. It's Taylor Momsen. Love, love,
3: love a good introducing. I know love you do.
1: Um, so, would know her from Gossip Girl, little sister. Is it Jenny? Mm-hmm. I think. Um. And then she's, she's actually like a full-time rocker now. She's actually, she's t- not taking your advice, Dylan. Or maybe she did take your advice yeah. and got lessons because now she's a fronting a rock band. That's cool. Good for her. Good job. I remember really clearly when, first of all, when she went on like Gossip Girls, like, oh, it's a little girl from, um, all growing up from The Grinch, you know. And then a little bit later, I think, she sort of left the show or whatever and she was on a rock band and she did something where she was like singing out some concert or something and some festival and she went out there and she maybe had like, didn't have a bra on or anything, but she'll like tape over her nipples or something and everyone was outraged by it. And I was like, why do we care so much? Just because she was in the Grinch doesn't mean we she has to be a little girl forever.
2: No, but famous exactly. people stay at the exactly. age they were when they became famous, Sonny. This is the mm, thing.
1: Uh, that's a good point. Maybe yeah, culturally, yeah.
2: Hmm.
1: Anyway, it was one of those things that it was kind of like, secondary round of all the outrage people had about Brittany and Paris Hilton, whatever. It's just like, his new yeah. target for the media to hate. But I think maybe it didn't work as well with her. Anyway, just a little side note. I always think of that when I, think, when I see this movie. It's like, oh yeah, and then they'll mean to her. That's just me and my, my brain. <laughs>
3: um, I want to
2: hear what Dylan thought of the movie.
3: Oh, I mean, it's amazing. It's fantastic. It's hilarious. Jim Carrey at his best. Um, The look is fine, as I said, very smoggy. I agree with Lonnie on that. Um, You know, overall, I think it's fantastic. It's fun stuff. No, I was was just going to say, there's classic gags. The echo gag in his his house, absolute classic. It's very quotable. Right there. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, Here's my thing. I don't think that Jim Carrey's in this film. I think it's just the Grinch. The makeup is that good, and the, and the characterization is that out there. That mm-hmm. I don't for one second think it's Jim Carrey. That's pretty. It's, it's weird, but it really works.
3: Yeah, agreed. He loses himself in that character. Nearly, nearly could say he was born to play it. He's got that facial structure for that Grinch smile. He
1: <laughs> nails it. <laughs> That's true. Um, apparently, he had a rough time when he was um, putting the makeup on every day. You he heard the stories. It took like two and a half hours. Um, it was very restricting, and he had big blow ups with the makeup artist about it. And they sort of had to bring in some like some some meditation skills he had to learn to do it. Apparently, so. Oh, <laughs> mm. Jesus. That okay. that maybe also kind of works if he was like feeling grumpy the whole time when he was doing the role, I guess. Yeah, this is method acting. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the method. Um. I will say the when he, at the end when he lifts up the sleigh. Um, after it's almost mm-hmm. going, that's a great moment. It's a great movie moment, in my view.
2: It's really earned. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of setup to it, mm-hmm. and it it just works. Like I think that's the thing. My main takeaway from this film, after watching it again, is it's bizarre, right? I'm mean, first admit it's bizarre. Weird choices visually, weird sexual storyline, weird singing out of nowhere that doesn't really probably could be cut <laughs> from the original film. Sure. But it somehow all works, you know. And I know we're biased because we have this nostalgic element to to it. But it really, something about it is so weird, and they just lean into that. And I think that that's really cool that this exists as a as a piece of cinema. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: interesting. When he wins over the town at the end, that's a good moment, right? That's that's great. Everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's only a little bit not the greatest moment for me because, as we've seen, that crowd will go along with anything anyone says. They're so easily swayed. It's not the greatest endorsement when you get these stupid Whoville people to like you, for what you're doing. But it is nice. And you're right, Dylan. Both sides learn a little bit about the meaning of Christmas. And it is pretty nice when they come up to his place for Christmas dinner at the end. That's a good moment. yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Absolutely, when he gets to carve the, the roast beast.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. It. Love it. Yeah. I don't know if I was going to say. I've lost it. Anyway. Do
2: you want me to talk for a bit and then.
1: So You've you got something to say, go for it. Well, I'll try and find what I was going to say.
2: I think, like, I agree with, I can't remember which one of you said it before, that it's a bit of a Jim Carrey fest. It does sort of. The narrative pauses in certain moments so that Jim Carrey can make some funny jokes. But I feel like they're so funny and like I feel like him and Robin Williams were like our two main comedians we had as kids who were in a lot of kids' movies. Mm. And so I think maybe we're a bit more willing to forgive those moments if it doesn't – there's moments of maybe less narrative cohesion for the sake of letting a performer just do an absolutely amazing job playing a character and – Like we said before, it's so quotable. You're an idiot line. I say probably once a week. So that's it. I'm not going. Every time I have to leave the house, I'm like, that's it. I'm not going. Like literally it's become part of my vernacular. It was, you know, ingrained in me so much as a kid. And I think you were touching before Lonnie on, um, sort of the narrative depth of this film, and I actually think it has the most narrative depth out of the three that we've seen Mm -hmm. because you've got, as you Mm -hmm. said, the rebuilding from other people's garbage, but also it deals the most with the Grinch being an outsider, which is something that we really love about the Paddington films, right? All these allegories for immigration and people who look differently to you and finding acceptance in the end. And I think that's kind of a nice little undercurrent there in the narrative a little nice message in addition to christmas is about you know putting aside your differences but it's also about accepting people who maybe are really different to how you are
1: that's a good point i I hadn't really put that together with christmas sort of putting aside your differences and that can be the christmas spirit Mm -hmm. as well as you know giving gifts to people you love and showing your love for your friends and family but extending it out to somebody who isn't part of your immediate circle It's a good point, Mm -hmm. good point, good movie. uh,
2: Charity around Christmas is like one of the key, you know, Mm. what are we going to call it, pillars of Christmas. You're supposed to go donate to someone or put a toy under the wishing tree. Like that's a whole thing. Invite someone who was not going to spend Christmas alone to your house so that they're not alone. And I I just think that this movie really encapsulates all that.
1: Yeah, it's funny because we talk about the meaning of Christmas and a lot of that is like... In modern society, it's it's about, it's about not just about presence about showing you love your family and you know, being together, that sort of thing. But I think traditionally a lot of Christians, historically as well, they would say it's not even about that, it's actually about doing charity without getting a gift in return. So mm-hmm. this, this film sort of goes into that as well. Um, the thing I found, very important that I found this in my notes, child don't have the noses. So that must be a puberty yeah. thing, right?
3: What? Yeah, well, he, say, he said that she hadn't grown into her nose yet in the film. Mm. So, uh, yeah, makes sense.
2: Yeah. You're That's disturbing. <laughs> when, when does that pop up? Is it an overnight theme? Does it grow? When do the nostrils appear? Are you just growing a nose without nostrils and then they <laughs> pop out at the end? Like this is, and also the upturned, like is it a regular nose and then the final well, phase, yeah. is it turning up? Like uh-huh. this sounds terrifying. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, we'll guess we don't All have to More questions watch
3: that. we need answers to.
1: Yeah. Ron Howard, make a sequel. <laughs> Let's Get into it.
2: Oh, no. Just on don't the
1: noses. <laughs> um, it's funny you mentioned the thing about the um, the how many classic just bits there are for Jim Carrey to do. Mm-hmm. And I think you are perfectly right before Dylan when he said it's sort of, it's how much you can tolerate that is how much you like the film. So
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: Child, children of the 90s and 2000s. Yeah, we, we can do that. As you said, to Um, But it's funny, the Grinch's calendar is very similar to my own. Self-loathing, staring into the abyss. (laughs) Genial with himself. (laughs) You can't cancel again. (laughs) See? Incredible. Now, you two both have had pretty um, strong opinions about how great this film is, despite some of the flaws. Would you like to hear from some reviewers who have very different views to your own?
2: I would. I'd like to hear what they have to say.
1: Okay, you, you on board, Dylan?
3: Yeah, I'd like to hear how I can shoot them down. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> so again, this those articles came from about the time when the, the animated film was like announced, slash released, but I've also gone back to find Roger Ebert's two star review of the original film when it came out. Oh no. So we'll get we'll finish off with that one. Your boy Roger Dylan. You sometimes you disagree with, vehemently, most of the time. Most of the time I disagree with. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so Jesse Lab from Flixist website uh, wrote an article entitled, uh, The Grinch is the worst Christmas movie I've ever seen.
2: Oh, my God. That's
1: factually inaccurate. Widen your fucking spectrum, mate.
3: If that's the worst Christmas movie you've ever seen. Jesus. Dylan's coming in all done by shit. (laughs) Have you seen some of the shit on Netflix? Come
1: off (laughs) It. it. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, like us, Jesse saw this film a lot as a kid and loved it. But then when when they watched it as an adult, a uh, different opinion emerged. I'll quote. They say, From the very beginning, the movie is draped in a sickly and gross aesthetic where nothing looks natural. No one looks normal and everyone feels and looks fake. I would say this is some meta-commentary about how the Who's aren't being authentic and are instead superficial about the true meaning of Christmas, but I think that's giving the movie way more credit than it deserves. Every frame is unpleasant to watch and makes me actively repulsed by it. Where are the bright lights, the adamant reds, the festive greens, all gone for, quote, realistic, quote, depictions of the who's in the season? I agree with all that stuff. Okay. But, yeah.
2: So we've got a Grinch who's writing a review. <laughs> Listen to how he sounds. He's all bar humbug about the film. Well, someone missed no, missed good. the point of this. Someone
1: might have. Into um, the to the motivation bit we spoke about. They say he was bullied as a child, belittled, mocked, and isolated himself on top of a mountain because of how cruel everyone was towards him. When I'm more sympathetic to the jackass who wants to sell Christmas because everyone else is a fucking asshole, your movie is fundamentally broken.
2: Now I, I didn't. You're broken. More- <laughs> <laughs> I think what? if you find allegiance Mate, to the mayor <laughs> No, I think I I think that guy's got some issues he needs to deal with.
1: <laughs> I think it's a bit of a surface level view and I think Dylan's view of that everyone has to learn lessons is probably the deeper sort of meaning. So mm-hmm. I think you're right, Dylan, in that respect.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, he's definitely wrong. I, I wonder why everyone looks fake and prosthetic because they got fucking prosthetics on them. They're a different species. They're hoots. Of course, they're going to look fucking fake. What an idiot.
2: <laughs> I know. And also, like, think about when this was made. Like,
3: mm.
2: we were still in the era of practical effects, right? Like, stunts and prosthetics and CGI wasn't what it is now. I actually like that they leaned into that kind of stuff. Like, does he know that this isn't real? Does he know it's a movie, that there's not actual people who look like that? Wow. Does he understand the concept of suspension of disbelief? That's just a question I'd like to ask him.
3: Interesting. thought he was watching a documentary.
1: (laughs) 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 Okay. Well, that's Jesse taken care of. Um, I thought I might Mm -hmm. train you. (laughs) Vanity Fair's own Nathan Rabin, um, he wrote, this is when the announcement of the Cumberbatch film was announced. (laughs) He says, Mm -hmm. entitled, How the Grinch-style Christmas starring Jim Carrey is the worst movie ever. What Christmas ever, apparently, now?
2: This is just clickbait.
1: Just clickbait. Honestly. It is. Um, So, what what they've said is, when pop culture transforms the beloved fixtures of our past into the barely tolerated dross of the present, the result generally registers as a creative misdemeanor at worst. But when Howard transformed one of history's best-loved children's books into an eyeball-punishingly ugly showcase for the rival improvisation of Jim Carrey, featuring sequences like one where the Grinch waves mistletoe above his fairy green ass and angrily admonishes <laughs> horrified onlookers, Now, pucker up and kiss at Whoville. It feels more like a third-strike felony. Oh, my God. That's a great scene. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you can um you can really tell this review was written around like 2016 17 because um, it says as the recent presidential election once again proved once again once again proved we live in what often appears to be a reverse meritocracy so naturally everyone involved with the Grinch was rewarded wildly for making the worst movie of all time mm. the Grinch made so much money and was seen by so many children during the pre critical age of the development that for a disturbing number of people. Jim Carrey is the definitive Grinch.
2: Ah, us for watching a movie as a child. Yeah, we're horrible people. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I think this, this, this is person's right. I think name. No cinema experience until after about the age of twenty-one, when the frontal lobes developed, and then we can appreciate <laughs> cinema.
1: This is Nathan Raven, Dylan. Do you want to track him down? No, <laughs> nah, fuck you, Nathan. Oh my God. Oh my God! I don't know if I agree with <laughs> you guys getting this this intense
2: Dylan's brought it out in I, me I'm just I wondering if so you guys,
1: nice. do you know the meaning of Christmas is to reach out and find commonalities with your fellow man <laughs> No, Maybe
3: that's why Dylan Nathan. wanted his name
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, quickly Roger Ebert, the great man gave two stars out of four so that's a path mark I guess um Again, you can you can kind of see I picked up all the reviews where they quote how, how gross the film looks. It's kind of... I was giving myself back up here. Roger starts off by saying, This is a movie that devotes enorm- enormous resources to the mistaken belief that children and their parents want to see a dank, eerie, weird movie about a sour creature who lives on top of a mountain of garbage, scares children, is mean to his dog, and steals everyone's Christmas presents. Thoughts? Thoughts. Oh.
2: Yeah, before the Does he resolution. Know that's the character? <laughs> yeah. What the
3: fuck?
1: <laughs> I mean, I agree with the dank eeriness bit, for sure. Anyway.
3: Again,
2: that's a choice yeah. though that the-, the filmmakers have made.
3: <laughs> exactly. Was he not aware of who the Grinch was before this movie? No. Like he- he's just describing the Grinch's character.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think he's what he's saying is that it's not particularly pleasant to sit through when it's just gross and weird, is what he's mm. getting at. He goes on to say the general outline of the story, expanded here, will be familiar from Dr. Zeus's book. What is strange is how the inspiration of his drawings has been expanded almost grotesquely into a world so unattractive and menacing. Red is the dominant colour in the palette. Not Santa red, but a kind of grungy brownish red. So much of it we yearn to to slake our eyes on green or blue. The film seems shot through a subtle filter that just slightly blurs everything and the result is not cheerful.
3: Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll cop that. The color correction's bad. Okay, <laughs> that's that's true. That's a fair point.
1: Um, he he says that Jim Carrey works as hard as any actor has ever worked on a movie, um, but he wasn't hugely into it. But I think that is probably the fact that he was a you know middle aged man by the time this film came out. He wasn't a kid. Yep. Which is a target audience. So, so yeah.
2: I guess it was a little bit targeted to the parents with the "kiss mm. my ass" sort of joke and the sexual stuff. Yeah. But I feel like there's a little Easter eggs in there for parents when they're watching the Christmas movie with their child. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, there's once or twice where he, where he looks at the camera and says something as well. So,
2: Mm-mm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, let's 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 move on. I think you guys, you know, I started off being a bit um, angry about all well, my angry down on this film and before <laughs> I watched it. I came around and I've come around even more with you two. So thank you very much for that. Let's move on to the 2018 Benedict Cumberbatch Grinch. Dylan, you're the most recent watcher of this film. What are your thoughts? What do you reckon? It was fine, I guess. It was fine.
3: I give it a C. A solid C. Only a C. Wow. And you know what? I think that's worse than being a bad movie. If you're just fine. Either (laughs) need to be good or bad, and that's great. If you're just fine and forgettable and worthless... Uh, that's the worst she can be as a film, and that's mm. what this is. I'm mm. sorry, I'm
2: Sorry, to say.
1: Interesting.
2: So, what can not you like about it specifically? Yeah. You, you tell him, Sinead. I'm just. I'm. I'm uh, not. I, here's, <laughs> here's, here's. I'm letting the man there. speak. It, okay. It,
3: this, is, this. This is me. This is me. I. I don't like illumination movies. I don't like how they look. It. It, it just puts me off. I, I think it's the eyes. Everyone has the same eyes. Like, even if they're dogs, <laughs> even if they're cows, <laughs> even if they're humans, they all have the exact same eyes. It's, it's gross and weird, and I don't like it.
1: Look, Dylan, of these three films, you can't be saying this is the gross one. This is actually a beautiful film. The colours, oh, yeah. everything is amazing. Walking around that, that town, I would love to go there, that village. I'd be scared to walk the streets of the 2000s inch version. This one, I would love to live there. No, it's too busy. Too much. Too much village. It's before Christmas. It's busy. No.
3: <laughs> too many people. Too
1: big a populace. I don't like it. Right. Um, so said I you like it though, right?
2: I do, yeah. I mean we didn't have the best oh, watching no, experience Sunday. when we first watched this. I'm sorry. I listen, I'm a simple girl. Show me an animated dog and I'm sold. <laughs> I I love Max in this. Mm -hmm. I love him so much.
3: Look, he was the best part. I'll grant you that.
2: Yes. Look, it is, there are, I was going to say weirdly Christian, but I guess that's probably not the right thing to say when it's a Christmas movie. But (laughs) um, I think the Christmas that I celebrate is a secular Christmas. Mm. And it just was a bit jarring to watch a movie where it's like, our saint was born. And I was like, oh, yeah, all those Christmas carols that I don't really like listening to. I'm reminded that they exist. I think, like, the thing that would annoy me living in this town, as you were talking about, Lonnie, yeah. is that all of the who's, they're morning people. <laughs> Do you know how morning people mm. are just insufferable? Mm. And they're like, hi, what's going on? Oh, my God, what are you up to today? And you're like, can I just, I've just woken up. I need minimal talking, no questions. <laughs> Don't even perceive me until about an hour's time, and I don't think I'd cope with that. I think that would be incessant. That would be my thing that makes me the Grinch in this universe.
1: No, no, fair point. Um, that's why I think it'd, it'd be nice to go there for Christmas, but maybe not the rest of the year. If like that, yes. If that's three six five twenty four seven, no way.
4: Mm-hmm. But
1: it's fun for it's fun for, sure. for a time. Um, you mentioned mentioned Max. I'm uh, interested- oh, sorry.
2: No, you go. Sorry, mine's recording is delayed, so it sounds like I'm cutting you both off. But when I talk, it's silent, and anyway, doesn't matter. Sorry. <laughs> you...
1: You're rude. That's okay.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: we mentioned Max. I love the fact that that the Grinch posed for a photo with Max, and that Max has it framed mm-hmm. near his bed. <laughs> yeah, that's. I that's think
2: pretty good. Max is so great. Like, there's so much personification you can do with Max. Mm when he's a cat like a cartoon like the expressions on his face he gets annoyed he gets grumpy he gets excited you know and you can't have that with the max that was in jim carrey's version unless you do like a mm. is that movie called cats and dogs where they like see you at the mouth yeah oh, okay. that is that one, one right yeah, yeah. <laughs> which like unless you go that route you can't really do and it's not the fault of the dog who played max in the in the jim carrey version like i love you so much thank you for your service right. but Kelly was the
3: dog's name. Thank you.
2: Oh, Kelly! You did such a good job, Kelly. But there's just something so dynamic
3: on IMDb. Just saying, as as she should. As she should be. She's above Jeffrey Campbell. But there's just something
2: special about um, his expressions in the animated one, and, and I feel like we got to know him as a character as well, and a bit more of their backstory. Like you know, he makes breakfast every morning, and that's sort of his role. He's the butler in that mm. relationship, you know, and they sort of have a love to hate him. Like, even at the beginning, I noticed when the, the Grinch is full, like, grumpy Grinch and he's getting ready, he even gives Max a little pat on his head before they go up in the thing and he begrudgingly lets Max sleep in his bed, you know? Like, there's still yeah. a bit of
1: they aff- they have
2: affection between them.
1: And they've maybe shaved a little bit of the edge off the Grinch in this, but yeah. in those, those that respect, for sure. But I guess he does in that, that first... um. Scene in the town. He walks around and, like he drops the person's um uh, food in the in the aisle at the shops just because mm-hmm. and laughs at her and stuff. But I feel overall he's not as grinchy as some other Grinches perhaps. But I, I don't mind that. I think it works for this film. Did you think, like the backstory and motivation here, Dylan? The the fact that he's more of an orphan who was upset that Christmas time came around and everyone else had families and he didn't, and that's why he re- re- resorted to going up to the mountain? No. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Do you care to expand?
3: I mean, when in doubt, make someone a sad orphan,
1: right? If you want to give him a bad backstory. Wow. Cheap and lazy. That's what I heard just then. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's nice. I think it's a bit bit cleaner than the previous version in the... You know, take out the whole sexual side of it in this, cause it's more for kids. You got thoughts on that? I think, it's,
2: I think it's the strongest motivation out of the three. But I do get what Dylan's saying that it, mm. you know you could think it's a bit cheap and easy. Mm. I, for me, they don't dwell on it too much, so it it doesn't fall into cheap and easy. Like I don't sure. sit there, and it's not like expanded upon. It's just sort of a throwaway of yeah, this good. is where we're at. But. Yeah. Um,
1: This film, it's got a bit of criticism. It's got like, you know, it's fairly well-received, but it's kind of like if the first one is a classic and then the 2000s, it maybe deviated too much away from the original story, this one is a bit too safe is kind of the opinion I was getting online looking Mm. around. Um, Amy West here from Empire says, despite its storytelling ambition being two sizes too small, much like its hairy protagonist's heart, The Grinch is impossibly cute, visually rich, and boasts enough festive fun to satisfy young viewers. I think that's fair enough, but I think I'm on board with it. Love the dog. I think it's very pretty and visually does some interesting things. But I can kind of see the thing about, oh, it's the Grinch again, and it's just the Grinch again, you know? I can see where they're coming from in those reviews.
2: That's interesting. See, I feel like this is the most pure... Like I actually like the simplicity because it's the most pure Grinch story for a new generation. Like yeah. the one that we had as kids, it's our Grinch, but there were, you know, visual things that oh, were sure. people took liberties with and his performance and all that stuff, right? But this is a very pure, solid, who is the Grinch mummy? Here, watch this movie and you'll learn about the story of the Grinch. <laughs> Do you know what I mean?
1: I feel you. Yeah. Um, two things I particularly like about the film Um the horror iconography when he's launching his plan to steal Christmas that's really good he's a bit of a Nosferatu shadow up the stairs that's cool um, and then I, I like the montage of him stealing all the different um, presents from all the different houses and sort of like a, a profile view of the town and he's in multiple mm-hmm. bits of the frame going in and out I thought that was kind of fun but mm-hmm. you don't think you're right someday. I think this is the one i would probably show my kids first you know yeah. I don't think I'd bother with the 1960s version. Maybe that one first, I don't know.
2: I just don't know if that's accessible to yeah. young kids, and I'm not talking yeah. down to them and, or saying that they can't watch things like that, but it's a very different style to everything else at the moment, and it, they might have a bit of trouble engaging with it perhaps, yeah. whereas this Potential. is bright and colourful and nice and sweet. And I don't know. If I watched that 1966 version as a child, I would 100% have had nightmares about him. Really? I don't know if I'm... <laughs> like bringing that into the vernacular yeah. in the household until they're a bit older. I
1: think that's because your dad never read your story as a child. So, eh?
2: I'm sure he did. He's <laughs> going to text me with his ears and be like, oh, my God, did you really think that?
1: No, I'm sure he did too, but maybe the, the, the crazy voices and stuff that some people might do, perhaps not. Hmm. Who knows? Um, Dylan, any, any final thoughts on the 19? I mean, the 2018 version?
3: Yeah, I'll say I don't really like the fact that he doesn't really have a relationship with the Who's in this mm. one. Mm-hmm. I feel it's a bit of a disconnect. So like when at the end where he's like, Oh, I'm sorry, I took Christmas. i am like, Who the fuck are you? What's happening right now? <laughs> oh yeah, who
1: you are. <laughs> I feel it. Well he knows his neighbour. The, the yeah, one that's guy, all. Yeah, no, that's a fair enough point. Oh, we didn't even mention the whole Cindy aspect of this, which I think is probably not as strong. As the Grinch part to the film, Sine, thoughts? No. Dylan, thoughts? It's <laughs> bad, right? Bad. I, I didn't mind the, like, the parallels between their plans and stuff. That was kind of fun, but overall...
2: I liked the plans intersecting. I thought that was nice. Yeah, and it's I cool to have a, when a I first. Yeah, and when I first watched this, I didn't like that part. I felt like her story took away from mm. the rest of it, but... I think having her story fleshed out a bit makes it again makes it more appealing to a younger audience because mm. we're spending time with the cool, fun Cindy, you know, Yeah, yeah and it's yeah. very modernized. You know, you've got a single working mom, and she's a nurse who's doing the night shift, and there's a lot of like relatability for modern day parenting in sure. this as well. I don't know, it's just fun, isn't it? Like it I know is. it's light, but it's not, you know, it's
1: better than a C, Dylan.
3: Egregious.
2: Sorry.
3: <laughs> No, it's not enough edge. Not enough edge. To, where's the key party in this one? Come on.
1: <laughs> okay, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm thinking we're all going to agree that the 1960s version was is it our third choice here. Yes. No, it's my second. Oh, Dylan, <gasps> Dylan, Dylan, Dylan,
2: Dylan. You're just mm. acting so out of hate and anger right now. Right. And you need to
1: Dylan, <laughs> <help. No, no. laughs> have you checked your <laughs> heart size recently? <laughs>
3: <laughs> How do you? It's it's just it's streamlined. It's quick. You're in and out. It's just classic. Everything you need to know about the Grinch. The animation mm. still holds up for 1960s. It's got All some right. fun visual gags as we went through. Uh, I just think I like it more.
1: Right, and you, you put Jim Carrey number one. <laughs> Yes. You'll have to, will not you? Yes. So, Sinead, can you give me your rankings, please?
2: I think um, just for creepiness factor, the 1966 is three for me. Mm -hmm. And listen, I'm surprised myself that I'm doing this, okay? And I Mm -hmm. never thought that I would stray from the Jim Carrey version. I never thought I would because that's what I grew up with and wow. there's so much nostalgia. I'm sorry, Dylan, but I think Jim Carrey version is number two and I think Benedict's is number one because it is the quintessential Grinch movie.
4: There you go, hey? It sets
2: out expectations maybe a bit lower than some people wanted to start with, but it delivers on all of its promises. The weird sex stuff is gone. Like, I, I, Visually, it's more appealing. I'm sorry, Dylan. I understand if we can't be friends after this.
3: They hip-hop remixed the Grinch song. That is sacrilege. <laughs> <laughs> it's not
2: okay. Um, I agree. And I'm not the hugest fan of Pharrell Williams either. I'm flabbergasted, Lonnie, that you think Anthony Hopkins wasn't a good narrator. He was like the perfect twist for that. <laughs> we'll be talking about this off air. Um, but like those elements.
1: Deeper voice is what I want, I think.
2: Right, okay. <laughs> well, you wanted the, 19- See, we want the 1966 narrator mm-hmm. with the Cindy Lou from Jim Carrey's version in the movie that's Benedict's. Is that what you're after?
1: <laughs> no, I didn't love Cindy Lou from the second film, to be honest.
2: Ooh. Oh, okay, all right.
1: So, so, Sinead, so we have the same ranking, so that means we're correct.
2: Does it? Is that that's how it works? That's
1: definitively done. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm glad this has worked out well.
2: <laughs> no, I feel so bad for Dylan.
3: <laughs> it's fine. The minority's correct on this one. It's um, all
1: good. I will agree, Dylan, that the Ron Howard version is probably the most interesting and mm. you know, compelling in some ways, but I, I can't get past the sort of the pureness and the, the animation style of twenty eighteen. So I like it the most.
2: Imagine I don't if, hate um, the imagine? Jim Carrey version as you do. No, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to uh, say yeah, I fine. don't hate the Jim Carrey version as much as you do, Lonnie. You seem to really have started I, off
1: I, with a. I hate the visuals. And the rest of it is mm-hmm. weird. But having watched it again. I think <laughs> it's 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 got it's more clever than I remembered. Visuals are probably just as bad though. So. Okay. Any final That's thoughts as we wrap up? Uh, if
3: you're going to do another Grinch movie do live action, and get Tim Burton to direct it. Thank you. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> we'll keep that in mind, do
3: we? Well, oh, that's... Look, hey, Johnny Depp is the Grinch? That, that could be that could be interesting. Mm. No. See.
1: I'm all right.
2: No. I'm fine. Thanks.
3: Okay. <laughs> well, enough out of both of you then. Thank you.
1: That's <laughs> you. Now, well, that's been us talking about the Grinch for Christmas. We, we've hoped you had a good time. hope it's been a... I think I watch them. I think they're interesting watches. So if you if you somehow have avoided them this Christmas season, go get amongst them. Um, obviously, you know which one's the best now. So get one first. Uh Sine, where can we find you if we want to find you after this podcast?
2: Uh, I'm on Twitter,
1: That's
2: Sine mm-hmm. Lee on Twitter. We're also at I Only Pod for the film and TV podcast we do together. Um, I'm around generally. I mean, the good thing about my name is it's easy to Google, so uh, okay. <laughs> you'll find me. You're, you're gettable.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah, and please check out our other podcasts. I only like you and movies. Bigger and better things coming next year for sure, or just the same stuff like normal. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so, now, do you want to address the, the outro for our show?
2: Oh, um, yeah. I definitely know yeah, how it goes. We're on the socials. We're on the socials.
1: <laughs> Tell him
3: yeah. out. I thought
2: you'd just... <laughs> help me here.
3: Uh, Mark the man, we we like him for writing the theme song. He's great. Now you say it's an You say you love Mark.
2: <laughs> oh uh, thanks, Mark. You did a great job of the theme song. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, well thank you. Excellent. That was great today. Thank you for doing the outro. Um, No worries. (laughs) Thanks for watching the Grinches with us. Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, I mean, Merry Christmas. Is how I'll finish it? Merry Christmas. Yeah. And Merry Christmas to you, Sona. I guess you're wanting wanting to say (laughs) it to you.
2: (laughs) didn't want to encroach on the outro. I'm sorry. Merry Christmas, is it, everyone.
1: It's an all
3: it's an all-encompassing Merry Christmas, more was. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think there was a need for me to respond.